You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. I want to thank everyone for joining us today and we like to say that we're one big family here at Castle Hills and I hope that you will feel part of the family. Have you ever been hangry before? My middle son Elijah one time when we were on vacation we were in Colorado Springs and we were having a great time and Elijah he's the, he's the son that leads worship here at Castle Hills and he's normally easy going and just a joy to be around but on this particular day uh, he was moody and one of those times that, man, he was testing my patience. And, and I finally realized what his issue was, is he was hangry. We hadn't eaten lunch and he just uh, had become irritable and, and just not easy to deal with. We finally sat down and ate a late lunch and a nice Elijah came back and he became a joy to deal with for the rest of the day. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been hangry where, man, you're so hungry and it just kind of changes your mood? I wonder if some of the people in our story today was hangry. Uh, we're looking at the story of the feeding of the 5,000 in John chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Uh, this story is in all four Gospels. And we'll see that it's one of Jesus' most public miracles or signs that he performs. And we see that Jesus and his disciples, they were tired and they were worn out and they were needing to unplug. They were grieving. They had heard about John the Baptist's death. And so it was a time that ministry had been really hard. And so they end up going up a mountain and they wanted to unplug. What is your place that you go to to recharge your batteries? What's that place that you like to, to kind of refill your buckets in life emotionally, spiritually, mentally? Maybe it's a mountain, maybe it's the ocean, maybe you have like a little quiet area in your house, maybe it's the pool. I, I want you to kind of think, where do you recharge at? Well, Jesus and his disciples, they did this on a regular basis. They would find places to recharge their batteries. They would go out in the wilderness. And so on this particular occasion, uh, they tried to go out, but it didn't work. The crowds kept on following Jesus. John chapter 6, verse 1. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias, and a huge crowd kept on following him wherever he went, because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. We see that Jesus was a rock star. I mean, everyone wanted to be around Jesus. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly the time for the Jewish Passover. Uh, kind of underline, highlight in, that in your Bible. That's significant. In verse 5 it says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Now, John mentions the Passover. And it's not just a chronological marker to tell us that this is the transition between Jesus' second and third year of ministry. But it also explains why there's a large crowd. They were headed to Jerusalem, and so you had this large crowd of people around. According to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the disciples were watching all of this unfold, and Jesus had compassion on this crowd. 
I'm not sure the disciples had compassion as they were wanting to unplug. I'm sure they were a little irritated. I'm sure they were a little annoyed. I'm sure they were a little frustrated. You've been there, right? When you were trying to unplug, when you were trying to rest, you're trying to take a day off and then all of a sudden your work calls you or someone from your work bugs you with calls or texts or emails. Or are you just trying to take a nice bath and you're just trying to rest or you're wanting to watch the ball game and then the kids start fighting and it's like World War III and all you want to do is just relax. You just want to recharge your batteries. And so we have this, this crowd that's following Jesus and, and Jesus has compassion on him whether the disciples were excited about it or not. And we learn from the other Gospels that before Jesus feeds the 5,000, he heals and he teaches and eventually it gets late and Jesus sees that this crowd is hungry. Maybe some of them were hangry. I mean, maybe they were getting a little moody. And so Jesus turns to Philip and he says, hey, uh, you know, we need to get some food for these people. And, and I've often kind of thought, why Philip? Why did he turn to Philip? Was Philip the designated shopper? Was he in charge of the, the budget for grocery shopping? Was he just the nearest disciple? We don't know, but we do know that Jesus was testing him. Now, let's remember there wasn't any HEBs or grocery stores nearby. There wasn't a caterer on call that they could have went to. Verse 7 says, Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. I think Philip, was, in my words, would be saying, Jesus, are you kidding me? I mean, there's no way that we have enough money to be able to feed them. I don't even know where we'd get the food, but we definitely don't have enough money to feed them. In verse 8, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Andrew finds this little boy, and he's a, this little boy is the only one that has food there. He, his mom packed him a lunch and, and five little loaves of bread. Now, when we say loaves, it's not the type of loaves that we're talking about that we have. It was normally like little flat bread. And, and the fish there is more like a little relish. Barley tells us that that's normally the food that poor people ate. And so it wasn't a lot of food at all. And Andrew says, hey, th this little boy has this, but that's not enough to feed this huge crowd. And, and when we say 5,000, that's just 5,000 men, not counting women and children. So the crowd could have been 15 to 20, maybe even more than that. So verse 10, it says, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000, again, not counting women and children. And then Jesus took the loaves gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. And so they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scra scraps and left by, by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Verse 14, and when the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they explained, surely he's a prophet and we've, we've been expecting. And when Jesus saw that they were ready, to, when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. We see this amazing miracle, this miracle that Jesus multiplies food to feed this huge crowd. And not only that, but man, he fully satisfies them. It's kind of like Thanksgiving. I mean, they're able to eat and eat and eat, and then there's leftovers on top of it. It's a great story, but how do we apply it to our life? First of all, I think the feeding of the 5,000 is a great demonstration of Jesus' power and authority. 
As we've been going through this series, we've been talking about the signs that are in the book of John that Jesus does. He turned water into wine. And he healed a royal official's son. And he healed this man who was paralyzed at a pool. And we see time and time again that Jesus has power and he has authority over all things. And in this, we see that he's able, even able to multiply food which I don't know about you, but I think that would be really nice with all the grocery prices that are going up right now. And when you have three boys in your house, it seems like the food quickly runs away. And so I'm thinking, man, Jesus, I wish you were in, uh, in my house to multiply some of the food. But we see in this story, Jesus's power and we see his authority. Secondly, the feeding of the 5,000 is an example of Jesus's empathy, compassion, and generosity. Jesus could have said, you know what? I'm tired, I'm not going to deal with you, but he takes time for the people. He teaches them, he heals them, and he gives them food. And not only does he give them food, he fills up their bellies. I mean, they're, they're eating until they can't eat anymore. And there's so much food that there's leftovers. Jesus provided even more than what they needed. We see Jesus's generosity. Now, while we may not be able to feed 5,000 people uh, with next to nothing, we can be aware of the needs of others. We, we can't address all of their needs, but we can consistently try to be generous like Jesus was. His example here and elsewhere had a tremendous impact on others. And as followers of Christ, we too want to be generous. We want to look for opportunities to serve and to help. Now, lastly, the feeding of the 5,000 reminds us that God can use whoever he pleases to accomplish his purpose. And this means that we're just not part of the crowd, that he knows who we are, that, we all, that he knows that each one of us has gifts and talents and abilities. The little boy was just one in a huge, huge crowd, yet God used him, used the little lunch that he brought that day. And God can use you. God uses simple things like little boys who bring their lunch. And, and, and again, God can use each one of you. Each one of you have talents, gifts, and abilities. I, I think about Lauren, who's part of our church, who God has gifted with many, many crafts, uh, talents. And any time that I have a project, I can call or text her, and she steps up to the plate. I think about my mother-in-law, Pat. Uh, who attends here and and there's a couple of plants out in our lobby area and she's very gifted with plants me not so much but she's very gifted and she con consistently maintains those and makes sure that those are alive and blooming and doing well i, I think about uh, freddie and louise and ben uh, who are mechanics here at the church and they're constantly checking on our van and trying to help us out in any way possible everyone here in our church God has given you gifts and abilities and talents. The question is, will we use those? You just never know what you own or what gift or talent that you have that God might use to do amazing things.